Yeah, I'm going to be in youth ministry this week. Yeah, five of them. Yep, yep, yep. Great fun. I had uh, my grand twins this last week. Uh, I actually had Emma for a couple of days, and I had Max for a couple of days. That's a different Max than when y'all met a few weeks ago. Uh, the twins, and that's the first time that I've ever had either one at my house, just them without their sibling. Because you see one, you see the other, you know, it's like Jesus and the Father, you know, you, you can't help it. So that was kind of a unique experience. One of the things that Emma and I did, we went and saw Sound of Freedom. If you haven't seen that movie, I encourage you to go see that movie. Uh, it's a little heavy, okay? Uh, it, it's about trafficking, child trafficking. And um, it's, but it's, took a, it was made five years ago and they couldn't get anybody to carry it. They had to, you know, pray and work and find people that would actually promote it. And July the 4th, it was the number one movie in the USA. Praise God. So, amen. It's, it is not a Christian movie, but it has Christian principles, morals in it. And a lot of the people that made it were Christians. Uh, the Chosen was the production company on it. And uh, so it's, it's quality. And uh, Jim Caviezel, he's the guy that played Jesus in The Passion. Did a tremendous job. And people are slamming it, you know, because it's about protecting children. That's the reason they're slamming it. They want to abort the little children and they want to sexually mutilate them and then the trafficking, they, don't, they said it doesn't exist, which that's a big lie. Just ask any police officer that. Uh, praise God for righteousness to stand up and be what it's supposed to be. Praise God. And so I thank God for that and the people that put it together. Uh, it was a great movie. It opened some eyes and some understanding. And it was, it's written on a true story, too. It's not a, uh, not a fictional story. It's a, it's a non-fictional story. You get the chance to see that, you ought to do it. If you don't have the ch chance to see it, go ahead and make it anyway. Um, Reverend Hancock next week. Hallelujah. Uh, starting Wednesday the 19th, that's not this Wednesday, but that's the following Wednesday, we're going to do a series what lies have I swallowed on Wednesday nights, the 19th? What lies have I swallowed? And we're going to be talking about a lot of things that you hear verses that are misquoted a lot, uh, misconceptions about some things in the Bible, and we'll prove it, of course, by the Word of God and using something that God gave us called the mind of Christ. So praise God. That's going to be for about five or six weeks. And then, you know, we've, we've taken the surveys and we'll start a new series of uh, Wednesday nights coming up uh, 1st of September. Caught y'all talking, didn't I? No, it's only good things. <laughs> I got different answers here. <laughs> I'm picking on you. That means I love you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're going to be doing that. And I wanted to... Uh, give you some good news out too, you know, they remember the, uh, I think I've got one here, the fidelity cards that we handed out a month ago. There is a bill presented in Washington, D.C. to declare a month every year for fidelity month coming back to God. So we need to be praying for that. After everything else and every particular weird thing has its month, and there's some good things, some good months too, of course. But Fidelity Month, coming back to God, uh, is, is there. So it's, it's shaking some leaves in the tree, okay? And we'll, uh, that, that's just, that blesses me just to hear that it's a bill. Just to, somebody's put it before the, the congressional body to see about doing it. And, and I'll tell you what, how could anybody say no? You know, how could anybody say no? Because it's generic, it says God, it doesn't say Jesus, it says God. But fidelity, this country needs that. This country's lost its moral compass, as you well know. 
And we need to get the recognition back. And of course, the moral giver is the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody, I know you're handing these out. And uh, it's an interesting little track, a little opportunity to, to share with people wherever you go. Continue doing that, please. Let's get all of these out. I don't want to see them anymore until we do a new printing. <laughs> so it's an opportunity. Where will you be tomorrow? And it's a very generic, simple thing to get people to think. And it's got our church stuff information on the back. Use this tool. Help somebody find Jesus. Help somebody remember Jesus. We've had a lot of people that have uh, never come back from COVID. And uh, that's sad. Uh, so we need to shake some sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to hand out tracks. Uh, praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for declaring this day yours. And we praise you and honor you, give you glory. We thank you that your presence is here. Open the eyes of our sight, our spiritual seeing, that we can see that which we need to see. Give us ears to hear that which we need to hear. Give us hearts to understand, minds that would unravel the mysteries of God and, and put you in the place that you need to be first and foremost in the center of our hearts, not just alongside the outside of our heart. Lord, you're everything that counts. And we come to, to you today, bowing our heads, lifting our hands, giving you honor and praise and thanksgiving, thanking you for life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I know I've got a lot of people out traveling today, so we've had some calls and text messages and different things. So uh, just pray that their uh, travels are safe and they'll come back home. Uh, the Griffins are down in Alabama ministering to people down there. And the Lewises are at home. They had a little car problem and other people are out and around. So praise God for that. Um, we started, uh, we, this is the sixth message in a series, is healing for today, message number six. And we've, we've done those one a month, but we're doing two this month because we did skip one month. And so we're going right to what God says about it. And we also mentioned last week, week number five, okay, that we're going to use a book for a couple of weeks, uh, glean some things from it. Healing in the Atonement by Dr. T.J. McCrosin, written originally in 1930. And, uh, you know, the Word of God doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because <laughs> Jesus is the Word, and the Word doesn't change. And so I'm going to pick up a, a couple of things. Last week we talked about, he actually lists six different reasons why healing is here today without any um, misconceptions about it. And last one... Last week we mentioned uh, that some things I want to go back and review and kind of reiterate a little bit. So Healing in the Atonement by Dr. McCrosin. We're going to rely heavy on this book. Uh, we did last week, this week, and then next week. Uh, or next time. It won't be next week, but next time. Um, the point here is we're wanting everyone in this first, number one, to see that Satan is the originator of sin and sickness. We know that he's the originator of sin. Pretty obvious across the church. But a lot of people don't realize that he's the originator of sickness. Well, when the fall came, sin came, and sickness came, and weakness came, and infirmity came, and transgressions came, and rebellion came, and all these other ingredients that are against the Holy Spirit and the things of God. If there was never had been a sin, there would never have been sickness. Okay? And there would never need, we would never need a Savior for eternal life. 
Jesus is giving us back what the devil stole, what Adam and Eve gave away. Jesus came to redeem us, to purchase us back, and to give us the choice of life or death. And so we that are Christians have chosen life because we have chosen the life giver. And people that don't have Jesus cannot have eternal life. It is impossible because he is the only one who was worthy to pay for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sicknesses. And sometimes, you know, this happened up in the Gospels. Sometimes it showed that people were sinning and that was part of their problem. But also there were times that people were sick and never were not involved in a sin. They did sin, of course, as we all have. But they were not necessarily involved in a direct sin for that reason. They did it because of Adam and Eve. I wonder how many black eyes he's going to get in heaven. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't like cutting Romans 5 short. We, we went into it some last week, and we're not going to jump in it today. But it's extremely important to understand that the overall redemption of plan comes to a fullness of understanding. The book of Romans in Romans chapter 5 talks about the transgression of sin and the effects that we have today. Um, and I do believe, if, I, if memory serves me right, uh-huh, caught you, some of you. Some of you, I'm sure, did it. Sure, well, surely everybody did it. That's to read Romans chapter 5 when you went home. That was your homework assignment from last week. <clears throat> Everybody's smiling because they read it three or four times, different translations and everything. Well, we will forgive you, but I do encourage you to read Romans chapter 5. Read the whole book of Romans, okay? That's one of the first books that Christians should read, but be sure and read chapter 5. It explains a lot. Quick look at some things that we talked about previously, and each of these is huge in its own right. One of them is that Satan is the root of all sickness, disease, weakness, or whatever else. Number two was the side trip. It's extremely important, and that is that Jesus is God. And number three was, as the first thing, the first reason that Dr. McCroson put in, Yahweh healed in the Old Testament, Exodus 15, 26. He said, I'm the Lord that heals you. And then in Malachi, the last chapter in the Old Testament, chapter three, verse six, he said, I change not. So he was our healer. He is our healer. He will always be our healer. And then that which perfect comes, which is the second coming of Jesus Christ, then we'll all be healed forever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Little semi-Winston Churchill, ever. And never, never, never give up. That's good for Christians too, you know, not just for the British during World War II. Okay. Reason number two. That healing is for today is pointed out in the book is that Christians should expect healing as it is in the atonement, just like they expect eternal life. Hmm. You mean if I don't believe in healing, I don't get eternal life? I didn't say that, but I said we should expect it because it's in the redemption, it's in the atonement. Jesus Christ bore our sins, period, okay? Uh, I want to give you some things that Dr. McCroson said in his book. In addition, some things that I have found in my Bible study time over the years that I think uh, is well to be said too. In fact, mine's kind of simple, but most people aren't even aware of it. So we want to go right now, I'm going to start with John 14, 5, John 14, Five. Doubting Thomas, here you go. Thomas said to him, Lord, 
We don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. How can somebody say that about themselves unless they are God? God has no limitations. He's perfect. He's without spot, without blemish, and he's eternal. He always has been, he is, and he always will be. And that's important. It's critical. The whole gospel is right there. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. If that's not another declaration that Jesus is God, I don't know how plainer he could get it. Verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus is probably going, you got to be kidding me. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How could you say, show us the Father? Verse 10, don't you believe I, I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Those original 12 apostles, I don't think too many of them had gold stars for Sunday school attendance sometimes. Verse 11, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. This is not the only place that he says that. Remember when John the Baptist was in prison and he told his disciples to go ask Jesus, if he is the one, even after he himself had declared that Jesus is the one. He said, here's the one that takes away the sin of the world. And then once he gets thrown in jail, see what happened? The devils come and said, did God really say? Hmm, seemed like I heard that somewhere else before. Did God say? See, the tempter comes to try to steal the word from us. And the Bible says that when the word is spoken, is given, that the enemy comes immediately to steal it. And he'll try to steal it from you. And he's not going to steal it from you when you're full of joy like Doc Ely said. He's going to steal it from you when you're sad and mad, not glad. Yep. That's an opportunity for the devil to come in and go, hmm, pop, 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 pop. Verse 12, verily, truly, I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Oh, he and the Father are one. Hmm. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. That's anything according to the will of God. You may not get a new Lamborghini next week. Verse 12, Verily truly I tell you, all you have faith in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, you can surmise well, anything you want to about the greater works. You know, for one thing, greater volume because there's more people with the Holy Spirit walking around the planet than what Jesus could do when he was confined to one body. You can... Think all you want to think about it. And I'm fine with that. You go ahead and you think those good thoughts and you think about all the things that happen. But I want to draw attention to it. It says, all who have faith in me will do the works I've been doing. Yeah. Let's see that first. Right. Let's see the works that Jesus has been doing and then we'll worry about those other ones. Yeah. See, that's simple. 
And it's also emphatic, all who have faith in me. He didn't say, you 12 apostles that have faith in me will do this and then it all stops. It all goes away. He didn't say that. He said, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing. Now, did he tell the truth? This is yes. This is no. This is, oh, no, what's going on? The works that he does, we should be doing, period. Whoever has faith in him, trust in him. You cannot be born again without trusting in him. Trusting him. Not just knowing about him. You can have the whole knowledge of the head, just like the scribes, the Pharisees, and the don't you sees had in their head. They can quote the Bible backwards probably. But they didn't trust in him. They mocked him. Because why? They were of the devil. That's what he said. You're of the father, your father of the devil. See, religion is the obstacle. Jesus is the one that puts things together. And he puts our hand and the father's hand together and goes, you got it. Trust in him. He is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He's the only mediator between man and God. It's all about Jesus. Emphatically all about Jesus. It's not about Mohammed. It's not about our works. It's not about anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified and resurrected. We don't just say, yeah, well, I love God. Who's God? Make a differentiation. I love the God, the Father of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus. I love Yahweh. Whatever you want to say, make it personal because he wants to make it personal with us. He's not this God standing up in heaven trying to whip us every time we make a mistake. If he did, we'd have to be the RBC, Red Butt Church. Red Butt, Red Butt Church. Okay, moving right along. I want you to remember that. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. But the works that he does, we should be doing. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Who did the work in Jesus' ministry? Kind of a trick question, but not really. We talked about Acts 10.38 last week. How about Jesus who went about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil? For the Lord was with him. The Holy Spirit did the works through Jesus because Jesus, although he's all God and he maintained his, his deity, he walked this earth as a man, as a person, filled without measure with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit did the works in Jesus. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Okay, that means you're born again. You don't even have to be Spirit-filled to have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit when you get saved. It comes in you. And we need to be continually filled with the Spirit after we're baptized with the Spirit. But the truth of the matter is the Holy Spirit has not changed. He's still God. He still does the works. He still brings about everything necessary to agree with the Word of God and the plan of God for our lives. So Jesus said he'd do, that we would do the same works. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit is doing the works. He said in Mark 16, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Praise God. Well, is the Holy Spirit still alive and well? Okay. 
The book lists many other scriptures along this line, but I want to stick with what we just read, plus some things not in the book. However, the book, the Bible, is our main script showing what is to be expected of the church. Good books and our preaching, teaching, simply point those things out and encourage us to do them. Okay? If you will, let's look at several scriptures. I just want to prove a point, then I'll bring them all together when we get through reading these. But 1 Timothy 2.1. In Paul's writing, he says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. See, people quote that and say, we're supposed to pray for the kings and president and all that. We are. We says to pray for everyone. Uh-huh. Lord, I pray for all the missionaries. Pray for everyone as the Holy Spirit gives you inclination. You don't have the ability to stop and call off all eight billion people. For those, for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. We're missing those ingredients today if you haven't noticed it. Speaking to the people on YouTube, of course, we invite you to come in and get this fresh meat, as Pastor Kelly would say, a fresh serving in person. Until then, please stay tuned. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior. God our Savior. Jesus is the Savior. God's our Savior. So, uh-huh, there it goes again. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's a critical verse for our study today. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God only saves those who want to be saved. God only saves those who are willing to bend a knee to Jesus Christ. For there is one God and one mediator between God and human beings, Christ Jesus himself human, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Okay, keep in mind, God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Keep that in mind. Mark 5, 21. Mark 5, 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So this father who knew the scriptures worshiped Jesus and said, please put your hands on her so that she'll live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around them. And then it shifts gears here a little bit. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touched his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. 
and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? We're going back to the original part we were reading. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Smith Wigglesworth was noted for saying, only believe, only believe, only believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So they cleared the house, 12-year-old girl, she's there, she's dead. Jesus speaks the word of life, and she comes up and is made whole. Notice her father's request that she would be healed in this translation. Other translations say that she would be made whole. So we have two stories in those verses in Mark chapter 5. Okay, Mark, excuse me, Matthew one twenty one. This is a prophecy. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is the angel speaking to Mary. Or, uh, yeah, Mary. Or Joseph. You ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 10, 22. Stay with me. Just a few more verses here and we'll put all this together. Everyone will hate you because of me because those who stand firm to the end, those who stand firm to the end will be saved. Will be saved. The ones that stand firm to the end. Mark six fifty five. And wherever they went, talking about the disciples, into villages, towns, countrysides, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. In Mark 10, 51, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? This is blind Bartimaeus. If you used to follow Willie George like Kelly and I did, it's Barcamaeus. That's actually the dog that was in the little visuals they did. Well, okay, <laughs> moving right along. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received a sight and followed Jesus along the road. He could actually see the road now. Okay, we're going to go back a little bit now. We read 1 Timothy, and it said, this is where the will of God is revealed emphatically. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? The word saved. If you're making notes, write it down if you're in your Bible, highlight it. If you're electronically, do whatever you do on that thing. And then we read Mark 5, 21 through 24. He said, uh, that's when Jairus said, put your hands on my daughter so that she will be healed and live. The word I want to draw attention to here is healed. Okay? The next uh, reading on that same section of scripture, verse 28, this goes back to the lady who touched the hem of his clothes, had the issue of blood. She said, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Healed. The word healed. And then in verse 31 of that same section, he's talking to that same lady your faith has healed you. Healed. And then Matthew one twenty one, Jesus will save the people from their sins. The word save. Matthew 10.22, 
but those who stand firm to the end will be saved. The word saved. Mark 6, 55, all who touched him were healed. The word healed. Mark 10, 51, your faith has healed you. The word healed. Now some translations they say healed and some they say made whole. Here is what's important. And this is so, to me, this is like a huge, huge, huge thing. The Greek word in all of those places is S-O-Z-O, sozo. The same exact Greek word. And there's another word that's close to it, meaning soteria. I don't want to confuse it, but I just want to stay on sozo. Sozo is an all-encompassing word. It's found 106 times in the New Testament in 99 different verses. 106 times in 99 different verses. Strong's says it's from a primary word which means to be safe. To save, deliver, or protect. Literally or figuratively. And it's translated heal, preserve, save, save self, do well, be make whole or make whole. W.E. Vines, Expository of New Testament Words. Sozo, to save, is translated by the verb to heal. And he points out Mark 5, 23 and Luke 8, 36, to make whole. The idea is that of saving from disease and its effects. Whew. Anybody get that? Literally means to, it's the idea of saving from disease and its effects. Now, do you see how many times in the New Testament that God's talking about healing? When he says, made whole, we could have picked out verses after verses after verses after verses that save and to make whole or to heal are the same Greek word. See what a little simple Bible study will bring you? Just checking a little thing out like that. Oh my goodness, that is so wonderful. The New Testament, if you take that word out of the New Testament, you don't have a lot left. A hundred and six times. How can God emphasize it enough? See, we have such a promise of being made whole. It's not just healing our physical bodies, it's healing our minds. No more mental health issues clarity of speech and agreement with the things that we do or are supposed to do or going to do with the moral structure of God. This is life-changing. These things, these people were, they were so emphatically grateful for being healed that we could have gone through story after story after story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what Jesus did. He sozoed them. <laughs> <laughs> Not correct use of the, the, the Greek word, but it's, it works. Sozo me. Lord, sozo me. I'll sozo you. Be sozoed. That's what's so glorious about this gospel. Healing hadn't passed away. Tell you what, if you can't be healed, you can't go to heaven. Pretty strong word there, boy. Yeah, I know it is, but it's true. <laughs> see, we have faith in something we don't see like heaven. And God's saying, hey, I got some heaven I'd like to give you right now, today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All we have to do is say, Lord, heal me. Sozo me. 
declare your healing. Jesus was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I was healed. Declare it. Ah, if people would just get a hold of this. We have uh, this rampant thing in America called mental illness. Jesus said that he will deliver the captive. He will set the captives free. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to set the captives free. To preach the gospel. Deliver those who are held captive. Ah, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Such a glorious, glorious Lord that we have. I could go into, one of my favorite ones is the, um, and, and they use both Greek words here, and it's a story about the, the lepers, the 10 lepers that were standing away because they couldn't come to the crowd when Jesus was preaching. And they said, Lord, we pray you heal us. And he, what did he say? Go show yourself the priest. They had to show, a leper had to show themselves to the priest before they could be readmitted into the general congregation. And as they went, as they went, they weren't changed yet. As they went, they were healed. And one of them came back and said, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he was made whole. So there is healing without wholeness, but there's not wholeness without including healing. And he said he wanted everybody to be whole, be made whole. To be saved and be made whole, come to the knowledge of the truth. He He wants that for all of us. He wants us to have the whole kit and caboodle. You hadn't heard that one in a while, have you? Some of you say, I ain't never heard it. <laughs> have you? You ever heard of kit and caboodle? No. <laughs> you have now twice. <laughs> I said something to one of my grandkids the other day, and I said, you never heard that one before, did you? He said, no. <laughs> it wasn't kit and caboodle, it was another one. I'll say that one for you later. <laughs> Oh, what a glorious gospel we have. What a glorious Lord we have. Is Jesus still saving people today? Is he? By the authority that's in the word of God, is Jesus still healing people today? Or send carriage, or send, go, um, anyway, that old song. Marriage goes like a horse and carriage and he, healing. Anyway, moving right along. The question is today, will you be one of the ones to be healed? Yeah. If you are, why don't you come forward right now? Everybody stand up, please. If you need healing in your mortal body today, please come forward. We want to pray with you. One of the ways that healing was done in the Bible is by the transference laying on of hands. James also wrote, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of church who the prayer will lay hands on the sick and they, they shall recover. Amen. They shall recover. They shall recover. We'll preach about that one one of these days too. Hallelujah. Everybody saved? Everybody healed? Don't be bashful. Praise God. Praise God. You too, huh? I'm there with you.
thought, yeah, just like it's preaching on healing, the devil wants to hit me with something, you know. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. Be made whole. Pain, leave this body, root cause of it. Be totally whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to raise that right foot, that leg, and stomp it. Come on, make it. Make it go away, hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, come on, dance around a little bit. I'm dancing with you. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bend over, bend over. Touch. Oh, yes, touch your toes. Yes, yes, let it go away. Oh, praise God. I'm receiving right along with you, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. You can stop when you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> she said she could barely get up over there. It was hurting the whole time. Isn't Jesus good? Amen. What you up for? Okay, praise God. I've heard very little of your sermon this morning, even standing up back there. Well, your spirit was alive is alive. Yes. Praise God. Yes. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke sleep apnea. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will get out of this body. You will go in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for bringing wholeness to our brother. I thank you that he's made whole. He's alert. He's active. He's mentally sharp in every way. And sleep, you give, him, you give your beloved sleep so you give him sleep but it'll be at the right time in the right place. And I thank you, Lord God, that you invigorate him by your spirit in the name, in the name of Jesus, be made whole. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Shout it out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Shout it out. Just say, I'm made whole. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Who else? Anybody else today? Okay. I love it when the teenagers come forward. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So I need a complete healing. Amen. I want a complete healing. Amen. No, no more of this. Amen. Okay. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory, glory, glory. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. In Jesus' name, you're healed. You're declared healing. Healing, praise God. Blood sugar normalize in the name of Jesus. Feet, you will normalize in the name of Jesus. The very root of it is made whole by the name that's above all names, the name in heaven and earth and under earth, in the name of Jesus Christ. Every name shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that you are the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 You, see, you can tell when a teenager gets something, they tell everybody about it. Amen. Praise God. They act like it. Yes. Okay. Praise God. Brother Carl. I'd just like to be healed and delivered from this kidney disease that I've been going with yeah, since sure. 94. Absolutely. Like I say, it's been a guinea pig all my life, and I'm just ready to be done with it. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you do a creative miracle here in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We speak wholeness to this body from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. And in the middle, Father, I thank you that organs are made whole. Kidneys are made whole in the name of Jesus. Accurate, accurate. Accurate. You will function accurately in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that faithfulness to you 
is carried out this very day. And I thank you that faithfulness from you is exemplified in this body to be made whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this creative miracle, Father. And we give you the glory and the praise and the honor from it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, glory to God. We're waiting for that, that confirmation from the medical people. Isn't God good? Yeah. Anybody else need something today? God's got some left. Is it you? Do you? Do you need? Yeah, I, I got it with her. Yeah, we we shared it. We we we. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I I joined hands and joined faith. Praise God. I'm going to Branson with these grandkids. I can't be an old man. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Kelly. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Come on, let's give him a glorious praise offering for all that he's done, is doing, and is going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just lift up your hands, say, thank you, Jesus, for this word. I take it, I receive it, fertile ground, I have a fertile heart, it's going to grow and go forth, and it's going to bring forth great fruit. So I take it with me. And I release it everywhere I go. Healing for everybody. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want you to go in the grace of God. Before you go, though, I want to remind you to uh, give your offerings, through, whether it's through the texting or the online or uh, through the envelope. I want you to remember to give. God's given such great things to you. Now let's respond back. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go in the power and the grace and the love and the fullness of God. Amen. Amen.